Welcome to Hookah Chats with Matt and Ethan, a podcast where two friends catch up and talk about whatever nerdy stuff comes to mind, usually over hookah. Enjoy. And I've got to, probably after I spend a couple of hours reading, I'll need to spend some time reading this dumb thing, so. Well, what's it about? It's not that it's dumb. It So it's... um. It's it's I'm taking a class on two German theologians, one from the 19th century, one from the 20th century. And it's it's not this whole book, but it's uh, about 170 pages of this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, so the, the theologian is a guy named Paul Tillich, who I like. I just don't have time. I don't have time to read him. Um, and I've got to read his, some work of his on. Um, the Holy Spirit in the life of the world in the church. And so it'll be interesting, but probably. Well, I've heard you talk about Paul Tillich before on mm-hmm. other podcasts. So obviously you're familiar with some of his work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're, I'm, I, yes. I just haven't ever read, you know, this piece. So I can like talk a it little can't bit be about that. Him. It can't be that different. I mean, come probably, on. This it's is probably a... not that different. <laughs> That's the beauty of the the liberal arts. They're so subjective. You can pretty much bend them into anything. That's right. I think Paul Tillich was gay. And they're like, yeah, partial credit. That's pretty good. <laughs> well, I remember whenever I was going to school and I was getting my psychology and sociology degrees, there was times where I used like the same paper. In two oh, yeah, different yeah. Classes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, I, I'm using, you know, particularly now, like it doesn't make a ton of sense to write all kinds of new things particularly if you got stuff like that jive with other things. <laughs> and, so, yeah. and so the paper that's due on Sunday, I I've done all the research for it. Like I've, I've done work on it. I just haven't, haven't like started typing, but like the, the paper that's due on Sunday is new stuff, but the paper that's due on the seventh that I'm almost done with. Um, that's uh, I've, I've used, I've used parts of other papers for that. <laughs> like, like I, I, I'm like, I don't have time to write 20 original you, pages. You can't really plagiarize yourself, can you? I don't think so. Like, no, I mean, it's I, not like academically dishonest or anything. It's not like you're using someone else's work. <laughs> right. It's a little different in the publishing world. So, like, let's say I publish a book, and now I want to publish an essay that is connected to like like one of the chapters in the book, I could not take that book chapter and send it in um, because the, because the, I'm, I'm already published that. Like I can still talk about, I just have to sort of rewrite it and like rethink it through, even though it's my work, you know, because it's now in, because it's now makes money for a company. Right. (laughs) It doesn't matter. It's entirely my work. Yeah. Right. Um, but in like, I think in like papers and stuff, by and large, like, like for school, by and large, it's, it's not a huge deal. Well, they're never going to know, right? I mean, just don't hand it into the same professor twice and you're fine. Right, right. I just got to keep that in mind and, and, I, and it, it'll be fine, but I, I have, and then my last paper is due the 14th and I'm just not, I'm just not even going to touch that paper until the seventh, until I've turned in the second paper because I don't. I'll have those seven days or so to work on it. It's the only thing I'll have to do. You know, it's, I just don't have time to also write a third paper. Doing so. all this while teaching and while preaching. That's right. 
That's <laughs> you right. Are, you are what uh, what people would call a content provider. You should have your own <laughs> money. Maybe you could make some money. That's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, I guess I am something of a content provider. Sir, preaching every Sunday is actually actually helps me with with papers. You know, it, it gives me it, it flexes that muscle of just yeah. like the writing muscle. Like because I write all my sermons. Nick, back when he was a pastor, never wrote anything. He just he'd look at the scripture and he'd be like, all right, and then he and he just go up there and wing it. He'd riff. He'd riff on it, and his his people loved it. Like he's a good talker. You know, it works out. But uh, but I'm always like I'm always so afraid that I'll ramble. That's why I, I want to write. I want to write it down so I don't ramble. And um, and that's Nick, why you have podcasts for rambling. That's why that's exactly right. And that gets that out. And Nick uh, Nick never worries about rambling because Nick only ever preached for eleven and a half minutes. And so like it works out every Sunday. He's just he knocks it out and he's done. He's like all right yeah see you guys. Everybody's like Pastor you know well done. And then there's other pastors who spend like a whole day of their week preparing their sermons. Yeah, mistake. You know, I do, I do, <laughs> I do a, a couple of days. I, it's not even to do a couple of days. I do like I put the bulletin together. I put the bulletin together today. That's what I do on Thursdays. And then, you know, maybe if I'm have time, I'll write the sermon then. You know, I take 90 minutes and I write the sermon and we're set. Uh, some of my colleagues like that's like a third of their week is they sermon prep. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you guys? It's not that complicated. What if the scripture is trying to tell me something new? I mean, I'm like, I don't know if it could, I guess. But this, the scripture is like the, the menu at McDonald's. It hasn't changed in forever. Everybody knows what's on it. So <laughs> you're right. Oh, man, let me tell you this because you'd love it. You would love this story. So. I've talked about, so the class I teach listeners is a New Testament class. I TA that class with Dr. Spittler, who's um, who's uh, just one of the New Testament professors in the department. And Dr. Spittler is this really cool atheist, you know, like just, she's really nice lady, but, but she's, you know, she's like in her early, or she's around, actually, she's probably around your age, Matt. Oh. And, um, and she's really smart and, and really likes material, but she's like, not she's she's like this is all kind of nonsense to me but it's fun it's fun <laughs> nonsense you know and uh and and this monday so we have two lectures every week um monday and wednesday and this monday she lectured on the book of revelation which is always mm -hmm. a big a big fun time right and crowd um, it's a it's a crowd pleaser we have <laughs> we, for, we have our own episode of the book of revelation on this podcast so like it's it's a it is a crowd pleaser and um, and I always think like I think I think uh, Dr. Spittler is super great. And I think that for particularly for like church kids who because I have some some of the kids that I T.A. Are, you know, they're like Christian kids, like they're kids that grew up in the church. And this is their first time studying the New Testament in a way outside of church. And, and mm -hmm. at the start of the class, they're really some of them are really concerned. They were like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this, Ethan. And I'm like, oh, I feel you guys. It's OK. Like. You know, you can come out of this with a, with faith if you want it, you know, but but it's also not a huge deal if you don't have faith at the end of this. Like, I'll be honest with you. Like, please don't. You're you're 19. You got a long time to figure this stuff out. Like, if you finish this class, 
and you're like, I don't think I can believe in God right now. I'll be like, it's really okay. Like, you don't have to believe in God right now. It's totally cool. Yeah, like, you're like, 19. Trust you're me, by the time you're 42, there's going to be a lot of shit you don't believe in anymore. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like fairness and equality <laughs> and justice. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so, anyway, one of the things that makes Janet Spittler, Dr. Spittler, really great is, is she's so relaxed. Like, she's totally unflappable. And so, like, and, and she's really frank, but not in, like, a mean way. Right. And so, like, we'll we'll get to a part any to any part of any of the New Testament throughout this year. She's like, you know, okay, here's here's a really here, what do you guys make of this? And she'll read this section, and and you know, people might be like, well, I think it might mean this. And Doctor Spiller's like, well, but what you just said's not there. Like, this is what's there, and everybody's like, yeah, I guess so. And she's like, hey guys, it's totally cool that if you think that something is in the text that that's not there, like. That's fine. Like I'm not teaching Sunday school. I'm just teaching you about what is in the text. Like if the if it's not in the text, as far as I'm concerned, it's not there. But I'm also not a practicing Christian, and like it's totally you're totally allowed to have something in the text that's not there. And like that actually works really well for me. Like you know me. Like mm -hmm. that's the kind of that's the kind of Christian I am. I'm like yeah. Like there are things that are in the text that I take really seriously, and then there are things that aren't in the text that I think are important and i i go right. with anyway you know and there are things that are in the text that you think aren't important <laughs> right you know i just shrug and i'm like yeah, it's just not that big of a deal um but she's really great at it. but we got to revelation and and she's you know she's teaching it you know the the kids the kids had to read you know a section of the like a chapter on the you know on, on the textbook and they had to read the book before they got there like the book of revelation and and she's like you know, this is always the more popular lecture because everybody wants to know when the end times are. But I'm going to be honest, there isn't a scholar of the book of Revelation alive, atheist or Christian, who believes that the book of Revelation tells us what the end times <laughs> are. It's it, that's largely made up. And and she's like going over stuff. And she's like, at one point she describes, she's like, let's read the passage about the beasts. And so she reads the passage of the beast rising from the sea. And behold, I saw a beast rising from the sea and he had seven heads and 10 horns and on his lips were a thousand blasphemies and, the, and his 11 diadems were upon. And she's reading all of this and, and she goes, what does that look like? And everybody's like, I don't know. And she's like, I mean, can you picture what a beast with seven heads and 10 horns and 11 diadems look like? Like, where do the horns go? Like, if it's seven <laughs> heads and seven horns, then it's like one horn for each head. But there's 10 horns. So, like, where are they? And everybody's like, I don't I don't know. And and then and she's like, is it like is it like what? One point two five horns per head. But what's what's point two five horns? Isn't that just a small horn? Like, like, and I'm like you know, and it was funny, but but she's like, she's like, I think it's supposed to be hard to, she's like, most scholars think that this is um, tough to picture on purpose, because remember, this is a code, it's not supposed to be imagined, it's supposed to, it's, ah, uh, yes, seven heads, ten horns, this, this must mean this, you know, and, and it's fun, it's a lot of fun, or, or like, or like, uh, uh, 666, she's like, well, 666 is, you know, it's a Roman numeral. Like if you read it as a Roman numeral, you know, and think about the X, Y, whatever things like she, she gave a list of stuff and she's like, then it, it comes to the, the, uh, um, the Greek translation of the emperor Nero. Right. And everybody's like, 
Oh, oh, that's interesting. And she's like, but the earliest manuscript of the book of Revelation says 616. <laughs> Everybody's like, what? And she's like, yeah. And she brings up like the manuscript. She's like, that says 616. That's that. I don't really know what to tell you. Like, like all the other ones say 666. This thing says 616. Yeah, 616 doesn't have the same kind of ring to it, you know? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> like, it would have been hard to do an Iron Maiden song called. Six one six. Yeah. No, you're right. It's six one six is like an area code. Yeah, yeah that's right. even worse. Um, but Probably my Washington DC. <laughs> yeah, it's close to that, right? But my my favorite um my favorite part of that of that lecture was she just starts talking about like conspiracy theories, and she's like, remember, like the Book of Revelation is hijacked by a whole host of conspiracy theorists, like. And anyway, I found like 12 memes that I think are just hysterical. And she like brings up like these. She's like, I would not recommend Googling some of this because it gets a little bizarre. But like, here we go. And she's like, brings up like this Internet picture of like Obama as the Antichrist or right. the Pope is the Antichrist. But he's secretly also a Jew. And, and, and we're all like, oh, that's that's anti-Semitic and anti-Catholic all at once. Like, you know, and and, and the. Who are the seven heads? Well, the seven heads are the last seven presidents, except for Donald Trump. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he's the horny one. I mean, the one with the horns. I mean, shit. I don't know. Oh, shit. What are we, we're not, we don't get it. You know, and, and she's like, and this is all assuming that America is even on anybody's radar, you know, like, like in this. Considering and, they didn't even know the landmass existed back then. <laughs> exactly. Um, and it was great. It was fun. And I realized that I, if I ever taught a class on Revelation, like if I ever was like, if I ever get a job and and they were like, well, can you teach like basic Bible class? You know, I'd, I'd be like, I probably could teach a basic Bible class. Yeah, I'm no scholar, but I probably could. I'd realize that my entire lecture on the book of Revelation would just be look at Maybe. all these ridiculous <laughs> memes, you know, like, like, well, but Dr. Shear, what's like happening? You almost don't even need to know. Like, like it's it's you just just know that any interpretation that tries to imagine that the words of the Book of Revelation are supposed to match up with American political reality is is invented. It's 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 an invention. It's it's a fiction, um, and it's supposed to, and it should make you laugh and cringe every time it gets totally anti-Semitic because it gets super duper anti-Semitic. <laughs> oh, but you'd have liked that. I, I was thinking about you while that lecture was going. I'll be like, Matt would have enjoyed this. Matt I would probably have thought this would was have. funny. Yeah. <laughs> this is the same woman who specializes, Dr. Spittler specializes in all of the extra biblical literature of like Mary, Mary's magic vagina and stuff. Nice. And so, and so Dr. Spittler always, we, we read that with the kids. The That's kids what I like. like. I like the, I like the prequels. Yeah, the prequel trilogies. Yeah, that's good shit. You know, where where kids are kids are like Dr. Spittler, the Virgin Mary in this is like her her vagina is is melting people. And she's like, Yeah, Mary's crazy pussy. I know what you mean, man. Like that's nuts. That's nuts. <laughs> Oh, I've been going to school and trying to work when on the side when it's available and taking a lot of tests lately. I got two tests oh. tomorrow and a 
graded lab tomorrow. It's a busy day for me tomorrow in school, but everything's been going well. Uh, I was spent, spent my day doing three phase motors today. So Fun. Slightly less entertaining than the book of Revelation. But, you know. yeah. I felt I felt bad uh, this morning. I was when I was driving to work, I usually listen to the radio, uh, listen to like NPR or something like that. And they're they were talking about uh, Chris Cuomo getting fired. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I heard about that. I heard about that. I feel bad for Chris. Yeah, me too. So what happened was like it, it came out that he was he was I mean, he was a, he's a anchor on CNN and uh, his brother, Andrew, is a, a bastard uh, yep. who was governor of New York and got involved in a sex scandal, uh, sexual harassment scandal. And apparently he was trying to talk to Chris Cuomo, his reporter brother, and had his press secretary contact him and try to find out information on sources and things like that. And Chris apparently helped him. And I don't know. I don't know how to, how to feel about it because I have a brother, you right. know, and like, it's just something wrong along the lines with brothers or siblings, you know, like if they need your help, you, you, you help them, you know, you do what you can to help them, whether they're good people or bad people or whatever, you do what you can to help them. And, uh, he got canned. Chris got canned for it. And I feel kind of bad about that. What do you think about that? Yeah, I feel bad. I feel bad. He, I, I think that, I think that it should have gotten canned. If I was really honest, like, like, but, but the thing is, I think that when I say stuff like that, or when people say stuff like that, I think that some people interpret that as like not having a ton of compassion or a ton of like, 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 or, or who think that they um, would have done something different in the situation. Right. I, I definitely would have done what he did in the situation, but, but I, uh, but it would also have been wrong. You know, well, yeah, I think the I, difference, I think the difference, it's not really a difference, but like, I think that Chris, like, I think that that's like, that's like the risk, right? Like the calculated risk of helping your powerful brother out in the midst of something bad that he did or is being accused of doing is you yourself could now get in trouble. Right. Um, and that's just, I, I think that's just good accountability. But at the same time, like if, you know, my sister or you or Nick or Jory or, or, or other really good friends of mine, like, you know, needed something. And, and I was in the position to help, of course I'd help, you know? And, yeah, but, but we're not at I the same, we're not at the same level of risk as, as somebody that's high profile, like a Chris Cuomo is though. I mean, that's, that's one of the things, you know, I, I bitch about John Bon Jovi complaining about his, uh, his stardom and everything, but there are downsides to it. Like Chris Cuomo, if he was a, you know, if he was an electrician or a preacher, he wouldn't have got fired for that. (laughs) (laughs) Like the only reason he got fired was because he's, he's on, you know, CNN every day. But what really got me about it was that Tucker, 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 Tucker Carlson. God, I can't even say his name. (laughs) The body rebels, the body rebels against him. (laughs) He did a piece. He did a piece on it where he was like chastising CNN for firing Chris Cuomo because he helped his brother out, you know, and he made it, he made, yeah. Like he made a big thing about like where he was, he was sticking up for Chris Cuomo. I mean, he called him an idiot said he didn't believe like politically with him or agree politically with him and all that stuff. He definitely got his digs in, but like he was just taking the opportunity to like stick it in CNN's eye one more time. That's what that was all about. But the one commentator that I was listening to this morning was saying, well, you know, Tucker Carlson's saying it was wrong 
to about his enemy Chris Cuomo, then then it must have been wrong. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. That's like, kind it, of I, a weird take. <laughs> I think it sucks. Like, I think it sucks for Chris. But like, uh, there's a thing called journalistic integrity, and you can't yeah. like reveal sources, and you can't you can't do that on a professional level, even if you are uh, brothers. You know, That's there's right. like. You know, there's there's occupations out there that require you to to um, forego those bonds, if you will. Like if I was a judge and, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, if I was a judge, my brother got convicted or got got charged with a crime. They wouldn't put me in charge of. Well, this right. That, thing. You're right. That's the other. Side. But like yeah. th- I wouldn't be able to offer him legal advice. Right? right. I wouldn't be allowed to be involved in it because of my position. Like and there's 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 jobs like that. And you, and you like. Let's face it, Chris Cuomo losing his job, he's not starving, right? <laughs> he's no, he'll be, be fine. fine. Yeah, yeah. You know? But it does mm-hmm. it does kind of point out uh, another inequity in in like the lifestyles of the rich and famous versus the rest of us, right? Like they have yep. so many advantages, they have so many they have so many opportunities, they have so much power, so much control, so much say, so much mm-hmm. so many lobbyists. Like they have all yep. these positive things but you know there's some there's some uh risk that they're involved in that wouldn't affect the rest of us like john gruden do you know who john gruden is no remind me the uh head coach for the raiders he he's uh oh i think i heard about stuff yeah like he's this. an yeah, he's yeah. an asshole he's been an asshole forever but he wrote a bunch of uh like racist and misogynistic emails to like colleagues from his personal email account and they got leaked and he got canned from the raiders should he, I mean, he's a piece of shit anyway, but the point is like, if I had written something like misogynistic or racist or something towards you in a private email, somebody leaked it out, then like the people that leaked it out would be getting in trouble for invading my privacy. Yeah, absolutely. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Should he lose his job? Yeah, yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) He probably should. Because he signed yeah. like a ten million dollar deal for ten years or whatever. Like, yeah, as a as the owner of the Raiders, I I don't want to be uh, mm-hmm. involved with with you anymore. Sorry about your luck. You know, it's not any different than the right. lady that was in Central Park who wanted to you know call the police on the black guy that was asking her to put her dog on a leash. You know, That's he lost exactly her job. Right. Everybody lost their mind. But like, you know shit like that has consequences and if you're not smart enough to not write it in an email then you know like that's, that has consequences. that's exactly <laughs> right the people that the people that cry out over this stuff you know like i i think i think miss either they willfully misunderstand or they've been led to misunderstand things where uh like thought police some people will say well you know of course i'm a liberal person i don't know exactly what that means but like of course i'm a liberal person but you know, you can't control how people think. Well, nobody is actually trying to control how people think. <laughs> like, like it's not a thought police thing. You, you're not thinking it. You're putting it in an email. You're right. <laughs> you're and you're sending it out like, like that's right. Um, and let's be let's let's be clear. Nobody's being like charged criminally with anything. Chris Cuomo is not being charged criminally exactly. with anything. John exactly. Gruden wasn't charged criminally with anything. This is like the court of public opinion and the, the, the cancel culture that, that people keep talking about. And I don't think it's completely unjustified. Think of it from the perspective of the employer, right? 
Like if I'm the if I'm the president of CNN and Chris Cuomo is divulging journalistic sources to his brother who's got an active case against him, I've got a problem as the as the executor of CNN. Right. I can't have that guy work for me. You know, if I'm the president or the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders and my head coach is in charge of a 70 percent black team. (laughs) <laughs> and he's talking about people's lips and emails and calling people racist, misogynistic and homophobic things in emails. I have a duty. I have a responsibility to my other employees to not put that person in their midst. <laughs> right. Yeah, so like, exactly. I don't think that that's, that's not cancel culture. That's just business people making business decisions for business related reasons. And yeah, I get it. And also, and and you you brought it up sort of at the beginning of when you put you know, uh, when you talked about it, like this is for powerful people. Right. This is really the only thing we have. Like the right. only thing we have to to hold powerful people accountable is the court of public opinion. Is to put pressure. If we we'll, if we'll go back to Niebuhr for a second, this is the only power we have. Like we 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 put power to the problem, and we say, hey. Gina Carano is a great example, right? We're back to Gina. Gina part two. <laughs> like, like Gina? New season whole, never happened. The, never happened. The whole world gave Gina an opportunity to be like, wow, I, uh, I said some shitty things to people and 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 I'm really sorry. Yeah. Um, that's all she had to do. She didn't have to stop voting for Trump. She didn't, I don't yeah. know what she voted for, but she didn't have to stop. She didn't have to change her vote. She didn't have to change her political party. Nobody's asking her to do that. Yep. People were just asking her to be to say sorry for hurting your fans, and when she didn't, it, it wasn't like we fired her. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, we, we just we just told her employer, her employer, you're going to have a problem, like because yeah. you rely on our money, right? You know, to make money, like like so. And and I and I'm I'm always really baffled when, um, for some people, the free market does not apply to them <laughs> but but it applies to everything else it's like uh um i had a the boy scouts there's there's this you know the boy scouts are in the midst of this bankruptcy thing and there's all mm-hmm. this all this bad stuff going on and this affects a lot of churches because a lot of churches are boy scout sponsors and things like that and and, and it affects the church one of the churches i'm serving and you know i i'm always baffled when i hear these sort of older, you know, conservative free market is great people complain when people don't want to do Boy Scout. I'm like, why are you complaining? Yeah. They found something new. Yeah, they this chose is just to the do free, something else. This is just the free market. <laughs> well, well, the Boy Scouts are important. I mean, like you can think that that's all fine, but like that's not the world we live in. Like maybe right. that's a problem. Maybe that is a problem. Maybe it is a problem that that there are and and certainly lots of people in our society have determined that there are some things that we will support regardless of who goes in to see them, like public libraries or or you know stuff like that. But unless you're suggesting that the Boy Scouts become socialized, you know, <laughs> right? Uh, I don't think well, you and I think it's. I think it's kind of got I think it's kind of got two aspects to it. First is hubris, right? right? A lot of these people that that get involved in these situations 
simply don't have it on their radar that they can get in trouble for. They, 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 like John Gruden wasn't thinking he was going to get canned if anybody ever read his email. Cause you know, like he didn't have that kind of um, social consciousness, social awareness of what he was doing was wrong to begin with. And part of that is because of his elevated elite status. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I think um, hubris is the re- the downfall of a lot of people. Uh, Gina Carano, John Gruden, uh, Chris Cuomo, you know, these guys all have a sense of uh, elitism of the, that all oh, this stuff won't affect me or it's, it's not important or who cares or whatever. And, you know, they're they're blindsided by these things that every literally everyone else can see coming. <laughs> right? right you know so that's part one and part two is what you were talking about like the, the free market right we don't we don't have a free market we we never have had a free market the whole thing's a myth right so people get mm-hmm. get involved in these in these mythologies or these these uh concepts of how things work or how things are and they confuse like their own perception of how things should be to how things are right there's no such thing as a free if if we had a free market then why is it that like corporations can get bailouts but like whenever we have a covid crisis and we give checks to normal everyday citizens that's a handout but whenever like citibank or jp morgan chase gets one that's that's protecting that's protecting our economy Right. That's not a free market. That's not how a free market works. You know, so it, it flies in the very face of what they're talking about. And, and it goes against the very worldview whenever these things come to light. You know, how can you have a free market? If, but you can have corporate welfare. Corporate welfare is socialist. <laughs> right? right. Whenever you have whenever you have Walmart uh, subsidizing their employees health care with taxpayer funded Medicare and Medicaid. Or, and using public roads that well that Walmart doesn't pay for to distribute their products, that's corporate welfare, right? That's not a Absolutely. free market. But these Absolutely. people, but these people at the top, right? The 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 executives and the celebrities at the top keep jamming this free market mentality down to 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 the masses, and it, mm. it, they're not even aware that they're in a situation that's completely opposed to what they're talking about. <laughs> like they're not even conscious of it. And, and, and whenever you bring it up, they, they, they look at you confused and they're like, what, you don't understand the, you don't understand the, the, the nuances of like the banking system or whatever. Right. It's like, no, dude, you don't understand what you're saying is completely ass backwards from what you're presenting. <laughs> right. 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 It's it's socialism for the rich and rugged individualism for the poor. Like like that's that's uh I I hear that sometimes. But ultimately, like even that even that is a simplified thing because what I think this is my tireless and I would say totally uncontroversial opinion. Like public money and and public goods make the whole fucking thing work. Like like and that nobody comes to see that is bizarre to me. If roads did not exist, <laughs> it's, it, it would, would be, be very done. hard for Amazon <laughs> to deliver shit to my house every day. Right, right. <laughs> I, I had a great, exactly, well, exactly. I had a great uh, conversation with, with some really good people from the church, actually. This is weeks ago now, where I was talking to them about millennials. Like, well, Eth, Pastor, 
we have two we we both have millennial sons and we're confused by them can you explain millennials and i'm like uh, <laughs> i'm going to i'm not going to be able to explain millennials it's going to drop will, back and punt on that one yeah i'm not going to do it because <laughs> what am i going to say millennials are regular people who have like many young people don't haven't imbibed a ton of bullshit yet and 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 you as boomers have imbibed a lot of bullshit you know and, and it's hard it's hard for us to cut through it sometimes but um but like one of the things we ended up talking about was taxes and i'm like listen not every not every millennial person on planet earth is an old lefty like i am i would never make that claim i know that's not true um but something that every millennial person i have ever met understands is um if you're if i am going to pay taxes everybody should pay taxes especially rich people they might not see it as a as a as a liberal or leftist way of thinking but but it works because even though donald trump cuts taxes for everybody who who makes a million dollars he didn't say he did he <laughs> right. knows that he knows that doesn't read well and so he he talks about other things um and so for me, I, I'm like, so take Amazon. Like, and then we ended up talking about taxes with, 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 I ended up talking about taxes with these two ladies. I was like, take Amazon and Jeff Bezos and everybody. I, I think they should pay millions and millions of dollars in taxes. Right. I think they should. Amazon is a giant corporation and corporations are people too. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, and, 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 you know, the, the comeback nicely, no, we weren't fighting. The comeback was, well, I mean, why should, why, why these are job creators. These are, these are important things that make everything work. Like why should uh, they have to pay a lot more taxes than a regular person, you know? And eventually this comes to why should anybody pay taxes, which is insane. Yeah. Um, but uh but I'm like, well, it's actually really simple. Amazon um, uses American physical resources, psychological resources, human resources, uh, is, is a recipient and beneficiary of American military might, is, is you know, has, has a tremendous amount of benefit from doing business in this country. And so they need to pay us. <laughs> you know, like, they do. They just do. They just need to and, pay. They just need to pay out, you know. Because um, without us, they can't make a shit zillion dollars. But see, there's the power dynamic, right? Because these guys, the, the Amazons, the J.P. Morgan Chases, the, the large corporations, AT&T, the banking industry, they hold this false um, threat up against everyone like well if we have to pay jobs will go overseas or something like that and and it scares the shit out of everybody that's working for a living to put food on their table because they don't want to lose their jobs right right now we have a, a, a labor shortage in the country because people won't go back to work and work for shit wages and they shouldn't have to they shouldn't <laughs> right oh you're right and and I think that that's scaring corporate America more than anything right now is because labor is starting to gain some of its power back. And like things go in pendulums, right? Like mm -hmm. the beginning of the 19th or the 20th century, 
like things were very much in the robber baron like corner like the carnegies and the rockefellers they owned everything they did everything they wanted and nobody had any power against them and then you know with fdr and the new deal we kind of got some social programs involved and then what happened after the 40s um the 50s happened which is the greatest period of expansion and growth in our country ever (laughs) because we gave some power back to the labor class you know and then since Reaganomics in the 80s, it's been chipped away again and it's gone back towards the robber barons. I think now we are probably the pendulum's starting to shift and swing back the other way, and it goddamn needs to. But Absolutely. you know, um they 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 they're very effective at scaring people and people yeah. who are in fear of things, uh they can't they can't fight when they're when they're when they're scared. Right. So one of the first things that happened whenever the prison that I used to work in um, decided to unionize was they said, well, you're going to you're going to lose wages. They're going to you're going to pay union dues and that's going to cut out of your wages. Plus, you're going to have to negotiate a contract and you're probably going to lose money on your contract. These are these are things that the corporation was trying to pull. And, you know, I was like, sure, whatever, fine. Now, it should be known that i was one of the leaders of bringing the union in <laughs> right right. I, right if anybody doubted if anybody doubted that from, but, from listening you know um yeah. <laughs> so one of the first things that happened as soon as the union was approved and we were, they were brought in they 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 sat us all down and they said well if you don't take a two dollar and fifty cent an hour pay cut we are not going to have enough money to run the institution we're going to have to shut the institution down and people fucking freak i had people writing me letters people in the parking lot bitching me out about the union tearing down the the institution blah 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 and my role as leadership i was representing just the officers now there's a lot of other people that were involved in the in the prison you had the the kitchen workers you had the case managers all the management um you had the medical services so there's a lot of other departments maintenance services all these other departments that weren't involved in the officers, right? And none of them were asked to take a pay cut. It's just the officers that were supposed to take a pay cut, right? And I was like, um, no, we're not doing that. Shut it down. Just go ahead and close it then. If you're gonna, if you if you can't afford to run it, then shut it down, you know? Sorry. And we stood mm-hmm. and we stood firm on it. I stood firm on it on a 54% majority vote from the mm-hmm. officers, which was close. And yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, that sounds close. And had had those other departments been allowed to vote, which they shouldn't have been because they weren't in the union, but had they been allowed to, we would have lost that, you know, mm-hmm. because people were so scared and we elected not to take the pay cut. We kept our wages the same, kept our benefits the same. We earned some uh, bargaining power with the, the union. And you know what? They didn't shut the prison down for like 12 years. They only shut the prison down whenever they lost the federal contract for the prison. Like they weren't, going anywhere but they but they used their power to scare people and it almost worked right and that's what the same game that they do all the time it's the same game that amazon does and walmart does whenever they say you know well if you raise our taxes we're not going to be able to hire people anymore bullshit you know (laughs) it's just it's just bullshit and if they're not able to hire people anymore so be it shut it down 
you know, let it sure. then, then close it because you know what's going to happen if Walmart leaves my hometown of Clearfield? We're going to get probably four or five new grocery stores and you'll actually right. be able to like have a competitive market where I might be able to get a deal on meat or potato chips or whatever it is because I'll have several different markets competing instead of one monolith that controls everything. So go ahead, shut it down. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's the dirty secret of unions is it actually promotes healthier economies, you know, right. <laughs> like, I think you're exactly right. I think you're exactly right. It's all good. <laughs> like, so my sister-in-law lives with us now, Emily, and, and she got a job working for CVS. Right. And um, um she gets offered the job like a couple hours after she applies. They're they're super desperate for, for people to work at the CVS. And the manager's like, yeah, we're thinking about, um, you know, it, it'll be thirteen fifty an hour in the summer. Starting in June, everybody that's in your position is going to go up to 15 an hour. Um, we can offer you full-time hours, like we can't offer you benefit, whatever. And she's 19. She's on her dad's health insurance. She doesn't need benefits anyway. Like, right. like, it's not a huge deal. And so she accepts the job. And the first day she goes in and the manager says, and I quote, oh, thank God you came. We are so desperate for employees. I was afraid you wouldn't show up. This is great. And she told me he said that. And I was like, first of all, <laughs> the dumbest person I think I've ever I, I my brain can't even comprehend how stupid this person is. I was like, the next time your manager says anything like that to you, stop fifteen dollars an hour. <laughs> yes, exactly. Stop him and be like, well, then how about you give me my pay increase right now? Yeah, and then and then you can give me that dollar fifty pay increase in June again. You know, <laughs> right. let me do that. You know. And and Emily's laughing and she's like, I don't I can't do that. I was like, you can absolutely do that. Are you kidding? Like, like you you have to do that every time. Every time they're stupid enough to show you their ass, you 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 go, you go, oh, well, if I'm that important, then I'm gonna need more than 1350 an hour. You well, know, here's like, the bad thing. Here's the bad thing. The person that's telling her that, thank God you showed up, thank God you showed up, is some middle manager somewhere that doesn't right. have the power to give her that raise and is in that situation because they wanted that title and they took a yep. title instead of a pay raise and, yep. you know and you know they're they're the ones that are desperate cvs the corporate entity isn't desperate or they would be paying right. you know exactly. i would argue that's why they're paying 13 50 an hour because that's pretty good starting out for a kid in high school or college you mm -hmm. know so, like, yeah, the, the people that really express their appreciation for you, the people that really care about you, can't help you. <laughs> I know. I know. I feel bad. I tell, I tell her that, though. I was like, you do what you got to do to get paid, Emily. Yeah. Like, like, these people are not your friends. You know, like, They're they can become your friends, and that's great. But, like, but certainly not your bosses aren't, aren't your friends. Right. You know, that's definitely not true. You know, and 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 she's she's I think she's I think putting it together. But like I I am I'm I'm all about. It. I'm always like, what happened today? When are they giving you a pay increase? Right. Like, like I'm not trying to get her money. I'm just trying to get her money. You know, like right. I'm trying to put money in her pocket. Like, right. And you, it's and it comes back to the respect thing. It comes back to 
the appreciating the labor force, which is like the pendulum. Like I said, it's it's coming back the other way because businesses are starting to realize like well, we need these people. Like we we yeah. lost our asses during the pandemic, and we can't get these people to come back, and we need these people. So there's you're starting to see you know local sheets, uh, which is a convenience store around here paying like starting wages on the front door, $12 an hour, $13 an hour, you know, ask about it inside. Um, why again, can't we raise the minimum wage then? Like right. all these companies right. are doing it themselves because they need to, you know, they're, they're, and yet we're, there's an argument about raising the minimum wage because, because it's going to harm businesses. But clearly it's right. not. Clearly no, having not. good labor force, people that show up for work and do their job every day, helps labor or helps yeah. management right so yeah absolutely like, and and the the notion that everything comes down to taxes is also a falsehood i mean like we we can't tax our way out of everything right and do right. i think the rich should pay more and corporations should pay taxes absolutely but i don't think that that's going to solve things when you look at like some of the most divisive problems in in our country the the real ones not the mr potato head ones like right. like like the VA not being able to support troops whenever they come back with like lung failure because they were, you know, standing in Afghanistan over burning tires for right, two right. Years or whatever. Like, and then whenever they come back, they get a ticker tape parade and they get, you know, they get a, a somebody sticks a yellow ribbon on their tailgate of their truck, but they can't get healthcare. You know, all the more it would take to give those people healthcare, you know, cancel one, you know, mcdonald douglas contract right. <laughs> that's right. like that's like worth 50 billion dollars a year or whatever that we're spending in, on defense to to make tanks that we don't use you know cancel that one contract and you could pay for like the va for like 10 years yeah, forever like, right exactly like, so like it's not that there's not enough tax money coming in because there's tons of tax money coming in it's just the way that we're using it is ridiculous now that's not to say that corporate taxes don't need to be reformed and people don't and corporations don't need to pay taxes that is not my argument my point is you know if you use the tax money a little bit more intelligently and stop using it for corporate interests because like the only reason we have those immense defense budgets is to pay corporations so that right. those executives can make even more money right so you don't have to tax the, the the corporations themselves. Just stop paying them so damn much money for stuff we don't need and start using that money in ways that are demonstrably more effective, right? When Trump did his tax cuts, he cut $1.5 billion worth of taxes or whatever. And that, that all went to the 1%. None of it made a difference to anybody except for maybe the top 2%. You know, maybe the top 1% it trickles down to the second tier, but it never got down to the people that needed it. You know, whenever we started handing money out for COVID, we handed out money and the economy boomed. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. You, you gave people the means to pay off. And people weren't going out buying Nintendos. They were paying off credit cards. They were paying back rent. They were paying, like, they were paying for things that they needed, food, groceries, you know, gas bill. They were paying for things that they needed. Yep. Isn't that amazing how, like, if you were to take that vast amount of government expenditures and put it into the labor instead of putting it into corporations, how much more robust return you get in your economy? 
why haven't we learned this and, and it's a simple it's a, it's really a simple um like principle that that is not it's not rocket science it's folks that people learn in economy classes 101 right like it's also not marxism it's it's easy like like no like like but, like but giving it, 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 it also doesn't fit the narrative that the that the, the business class the investor yeah. class wants us to have because they use fear and they use intimidation and they have power and they want to hold on to it and this is how they control people right yeah. you know mm-hmm. like this is how this is how we have the economic policies that we have because you know there's no lobbyist for CVS no. employees in Washington DC there's no lobbyists for McDonald's employees in Washington DC but you have you do have lobbyists for McDonald's and you do have lobbyists for like big coal and big oil and yeah. th- those guys are the ones that have the politicians ears that's right that's right yeah man careful you're getting close to the revolution <laughs> the revolution is coming no i, I all this I mean, started because i felt bad for chris cuomo oh my god all of this began with chris cuomo and i did so so to circle back to chris cuomo as we wrap it up like because we we ended up getting sidetracked in a very cool conversation about labor um and and the more and and the funny once again everyone who listens the, the couple of people who listen like this is why i sometimes get a little iffy referring to myself as like a liberal because ultimately like like as much as i ultimately am like like so much of liberal like culture it doesn't really talk about things like labor or doesn't really talk about things like um activism in like a really concrete we are activists to achieve these three goals these three goals we will achieve by doing these things like like that's that's not really on like a mainstream sort of liberal way of thinking that's that's sort of found in other kinds of communities whether they are left-wing or or even ultimately not terribly left-wing at all like these are my father-in-law not a left-wing dude major union guy yeah who's just like yeah man unions that's what we need um that's such really important to to circle back to chris cuomo on a human level i feel for the guy yeah um i really do like of course, of course you help your brother. You know, I totally get it. The, what makes this, what makes it difficult is it's always the rich who are trying to get us to see them as human in those moments. <laughs> That's what pisses me off. That's what pisses me off. Like, like everybody's well, and, like, oh, but, but we were not the same. Like, no, we're again, not. <laughs> Chris Cuomo didn't say this. Like, no, Chris he Cuomo not. wasn't the guy that was talking about it. We were talking about, I was talking about what Tucker Carlson said. About right. Chris Cuomo. but like, right. but yes, I understand your point. Like they, 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 they want to be uh, one of us. Like if you listen to any executive talk, they're gonna they talk like we're we're buddies. Like oh, well, I'm on your side, man. Yes, I think this should be fixed. Yes, I think that should be fixed. Of course, that's wrong. They don't do anything about it. They just pay it lip right. service to shut you up. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah, and and that's and that's what I always want to try to like make sure everybody gets like. If it doesn't look like I'm being compassionate enough, it's because I'm not, you know, <laughs> like, like I, I will need that to be clear. I, I don't have a ton of compassion for very rich people who up until this point have gotten away with everything and now yeah. suddenly are not, you know, like I don't, I don't have a ton of, I don't have a ton of compassion for that. You should all be more like, um, oh, what's his name? 
Anderson. Don't Cooper. say don't say John Gruden. <laughs> Not John Gruden. No, Anderson Cooper. So Anderson Cooper. Here's my one Anderson Cooper story, by way of my my wrap up of thought on this. Anderson Cooper. There used to be a show on PBS. I think it might still be, um, where uh, Lu- Henry Louis Gates, who's like a black scholar, um, will will like take celebrities, and and like go through their genealogies. And like oh. discover and like discover like you know what their relationship was you know like how far back their genealogies go in terms of like being a part of uh, an American citizen like if if there are multiple different kinds of races or ethnicities in their genealogies and it usually circles back in some way to uh, slavery and so like you got folks like Larry David was on and he's funny and larry david's like i wonder if you're gonna find if you're gonna find that uh i I have both slaves and slave owners in my family he's this big jewish guy and he does henry louis gates is like you do (laughs) he he freaks it out and he's like ah you got me (laughs) it's pretty funny but it's often really it's often really moving you know these different black celebrities will be on and we're like you know that's and and it's and it's always so complicated right like so many black celebrities have all you know could be they're not always, but but I think I think LeVar Burton was on and, and his his ancestors, you know, he he is one of his ancestors was his slave master, like was a slave yeah. master to his family. Like yeah. and that's it's it's ridiculous. Well Anderson Cooper was on. And you know, Anderson Cooper's like a Rockefeller. He's a Vanderbilt. He's <laughs> yeah. a, a Vanderbilt. That's right. He's yeah. a Vanderbilt. Like yeah. Anderson Cooper is like ultra rich, you know. And and I've always liked Anderson Cooper. I've always thought he's cool. Um, but but he's he's like a he's a shit zillionaire, you know. Yeah. And uh and and Henry Louis Gates is talking about it, and he's like, Well, let me let me show you what I find. And he brings up in like this like document, and you and he's like, Well, it seems here that one of your ancestors um own slaves and, and anderson scooper's like oh man like <laughs> of course you know i'm i know my background of course well here's the really interesting thing mr cooper it looks like on your ancestors plantation there was a massive massive uh uprising and Cooper's like really he's like yes your ancestor was publicly executed by his slaves. He, he was ripped <laughs> from his house and was publicly murdered, like like in front of everyone, in front of his family. <laughs> and Anderson Cooper's like, really? <laughs> he's like, thank God, it's not a Vanderbilt story. <laughs> he's reading this document. He's reading this document. He's like, that, Anderson Cooper goes, that is absolutely amazing. That's incredible. And Henry Louis Gates is like, well, do you think your ancestor deserved it? And without hesitation, he looked at me and said, hell yeah. <laughs> of, course, of course he deserved it. He owned people. <laughs> of course he deserved getting murdered. And like, and it, that's the energy I want from the rich. Like, like if right. they just always start from that, it's no big deal. You know, like, 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 like oh, hell yeah, they should be murdered. <laughs> you know? my, my, my great, great, great grandfather wasn't misunderstood. <laughs> he, yeah. he owns he owned people he owned you see, and that's the other thing you got to be rich in the first place to even know who your great 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 grandfather was because like most of us for the vast 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 majority of humanity 
you go what two three generations after your death and then you never existed man you're <laughs> like the, yeah. the writing gets rubbed off your tombstone people forget all about you like i could not tell you who my great great grandfather was no one cares <laughs> you know? yep. so yep. like we only have we only have a few people that we even give a shit about their genealogies anyway so yeah yeah and it's usually for racist shit that's the <laughs> other thing that's, the, that's it's the, never that's good it's, it's like... never a good thing i know all about my my uh my my past uh you know my ancestors why well sometimes i have to prove my what my racial purity <laughs> what is wrong with you <laughs> you know it's never a good it's never a good sign Never a good sign. Yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite Anderson Cooper stories. He does. He looks right up. He's like, Henry Lewis Gates, like, you think he deserved it? And Anderson Cooper just goes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. I don't feel bad at all. I'm glad he got murdered. You know? uh, oh, brother. That's good. That's good. Well, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap us up if that's cool. Wrap it up. All right. Friends, thanks for listening. It's been an episode of Hookah Chats with Matt and Ethan. We will see you next time.